0: Welcome to part two and the conclusion of the Gigloff podcast, Guitar Speak podcast, Guitarist Roundtable. I'm your host, Stevie Taylor. I hope you enjoyed part one. Um, if you haven't heard it, go back and check it out. It's pretty cool. In part two here, the guys expand a bit more on how they're developing their business. We talk about gear, the whole analog versus digital debate, Axe you know, Effects, amp modeling versus tube, etc. Fender Stratocasters versus boutique guitars. Um, Favourite rig, Desert Island rig guitar techs, young players who are inspiring, um, playing with a drummer, and a few other listener questions as well as much more. So once again, many thanks to Pete Northcote, Chris Camzellas, Daniel March, Matt Wakeling of the Guitar Speak Podcast, Ben Rogers, and Mark Malou for joining me on this Guitarist Roundtable. It's been a real blast. So ladies and gentlemen, here it is, part two of the Giggle Podcast, Guitar Speak Podcast, Guitarist Roundtable. Cheers. This next question is yours, Matt. Is it? Yep. What if I
1: ask it? (laughs) Um, Gear. Oh man. Uh, uh, No, no, we missed one. No. Oh, oh, yes. That was a good question too. How have? Because when we when we
0: talk about gear, that's when I
2: go for a walk. What things do you
0: use?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like to use a drum on my guitar. Yeah, nice. (laughs) Drumsticks work. Uh, We, we've kind of touched on this. How have you built your business? But is there anything to add on that? Like the idea that I'm the only one with a day job. How I built my business. I, I went and got, did a music degree and became a school teacher. And uh, that was I, I that. went. I went and didn't finish my music degree.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I left. I nearly, left you nearly. Yeah, I got left it. on my last exam. I went. I went to my my bass teacher, Erica Jai, who we were just talking about, and. I was doing commutes three or four times a week between Canberra and Sydney because I was doing so many gigs, and I was working with Darren Percival. I just got a gig with Jade McRae. I think it was just as I was about to start working with like Guy Sebastian and stuff like that. And I was like, "Dude, I I, I can't drive this 1982 Gemini back and forth from Sydney with a drum kit and a bass quad in it. I'm gonna. I'm, it's just getting crazy." And he's like, "Well, what do you want to do?" And I said, "I just want to play." And he's like, "Why are you here?" And I was like, "All right." And so I just left. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, fair. Uh, so if I uh, just come on, A, and you just give me like a, you know, what what is that thing they give? Honorary, to like, yeah, yeah, one of those. <laughs> Doctor of Rock, yeah, yeah that'll do. Yeah, that'll
2: yeah. do <laughs> but, but you know, all that paper doesn't mean anything in the end. Does and, it? and that's you what know, I mean. So and that's what my
3: it. teacher said. He goes, he goes, man, you know, yeah, I did. I he like Eric. I am pretty sure Eric he moved to Australia and had to do a diploma of teaching so he could teach yeah. at the ANU. I'm like, man, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You're incredible. Like, you know, it's like, like Jim
2: Kelly had to do the same thing. Yeah.
3: And it's crazy. Oh, yeah, like crazy you're like, you're like, madness. Yeah.
2: Um, business. Well, you know, I've been really, really lucky with my business because, you know, like doing so many sessions and it was at the stage where I was doing, uh, you know, three to ten a day. So it was in incredible. It was studio hopping and I had a, a, a full-time employee that would lug my gears around and change my strings and drive me to and from gigs. So, it, it wow. was a real business for me. So, and, you know, I had him for like five years. And before that, I was doing it all myself, like all day. I remember we were starting sessions before mobile phones came in, before, just when answering machines kind of started. So, I've I've kind of... you. So, you did have, you have like a message service like the head? No, I, I we had it in those days, we had an answering machine, but... You would drive to your session and come home and there'd be a message on your answering machine. Oh, right. And then eventually you got these answering machines that had a beeper so you could call from any phone and you could beep into it and it would play back your messages.
0: Yeah, right. Right?
2: So when mobile phones came in, it was like, whoa, hmm. it was a trip. So so, But business for me was always about uh, putting all the money back into my business. It was always about buying great gear, buying the best gear and being able to use it and... And, you know, if, if, if there was something that needed a mandolin, I'd go and buy one
4: yeah, and learn yeah.
2: how to play it. Right. So everything went back, money went back into the business and it kept kind of snowballing. And, and, and if there was a style that I didn't know how to play, I'd learn how to fake it. So I just kind of kept adding and adding and adding and adding. And then I got robbed. <laughs> I <remember laughs> Three that. times in the space of four months, lost everything, no insurance. Oh, wow. So it totaled me wow. and totaled me. So that's when I moved into the city and, and started again. It was the best thing ever. But um, there, the the business side of things, I've always had an accountant. I've always had a bookkeeper. And um, I'm pretty solid with everything that I do. So I collect emails. I have boxes for everything. And I'm not anal by any fucking means. I'm pretty loose, really. But I know that as far as business is concerned, you've got to have your shit together. Just, you know, this is not just waiting for the phone to ring and then doing a gig. And uh, there's things certain things that that i adhere to i believe that email is um it's professional uh, i i kind of think Gadinsky doesn't book um madonna via messenger or or an an app it's like everything should be on email at least and then there's a trail and it should be and it's easier to to so I've, I have those sort of business things, like little things that work for me that I maintain.
0: Okay, so if I was to hit you up and say, on Messenger, Pete, can you do a gig? You'll say, can you send me an email with the details? I, like that, I, that's
2: you? the first thing that I say. Yep. Most people don't. Yep. But but it, it can get really confusing. Like even the one that you, we, we had. The, the, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. A, there's so much for me to go. I had to go back and try and find. You know, there's so many things that go on like that. that, 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 that that's whereas that's it, me fault. Yeah, we children <laughs> no, of the gift generation. Let me tell you. Let me tell you one of the problems of, of that of that system, and it's happened to me, and it happens to a lot more people nowadays. Is double bookings, because yeah, and right. or not being not being booked enough. So you know, I've rolled up to a couple of gigs whereby a band has been booked, where I say to the guy, make sure if you're booking me, make sure you send it via. Uh, an email and he sent me an email and forgotten about it and then done everything on a on an app and then the other band go go rock up and it's really it's a mess because we have too many platforms to go on yeah, right. but I like to think that the emails is the the answer to it all but uh, you know getting back to the business of how to maintain it I think you know and, and I was never one of these people to, to um to get superannuation but I was lucky enough when the 80s my brother's friend started working with AMP and she said, just put $100 away a month. And I started doing it and then it snowballed and then AMP listed and I ended up with 1,000 shares for nothing. And then, so little things like that start to happen mm. as far as, you know, like as you get older, you've got to kind of think of those things. And I never used to, but I was lucky that things happen. But again, business, you 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 keep pouring back into your business. If I do a gig and it's worth $300, and my parking fine is $299, I'm winning. Do you know what I mean? Because I've gotten to do the gig, and I've proved myself, and I've... So I always think in that, that term rather than how much... I... I'm the sort of person that goes, what time do we start rather than what time do we finish, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, the business, it boils down to a, a number of things, how you present yourself, you know, um, what you dress like, what... Uh, how you've learnt the material. It's all those things that are, that are basic. And I think that I've learnt that from looking at any major um, corporation. Like I think, what does the uh, foyer look like? How's the service? How's the staff? How's the follow-up? And so everything, you know, I used to put out brochures to, uh, to studios with all my gear, how much I charged, what the future was. I always had um, video recording. A video sessions and I would do stuff overseas, nobody really took it on, but I had it one of the first, you know, it was black and white video. Right. So I'd always maintain, try and find new things to keep it going. And it wasn't because I wanted more work, it was because I loved it. Mm. Anyway, I've spoken enough there.
5: No, that's cool. Yeah.
2: Oh. That's gold.
5: I, I think Pete's bang on. I think the whole preparation for business is to create those opportunities for work. You know, if you're not putting in the hours, if you're not buying all the right gear, if you're not making yourself a desirable product, which is what we are, if we're playing guitar for people,
6: then those opportunities don't come. By the way, I've got a lot of gear at home from the 90s. Lexicons <laughs> and rack stuff, switching systems, and if you, anyone that wants to <laughs>
3: sort of go back on, <laughs> Yeah, that lexicon sounds like a bar. Yeah.
6: There'll be a link
3: uh, in the
0: I, show notes. I,
2: yeah. <laughs> Reverb Shop. Reverb I've got a Rockman. <laughs> I've got a yeah, Rockman. Yeah, Rockman. I've yeah. got a Corg A2. Oh, I, like that. I remember the A2, yeah.
3: <laughs> See, I'm, I'm the bad end of the business. That was good. I'm, I'm the yeah, guy who uh, didn't do any of the... I'm one of the many guys who got to a certain point point when. you mean I have to do the last 10 years of tax? I'm, the, I'm one of those guys Next who... Guy. Yeah, I had many. Because I just played gigs yep. and by... And I like to drink and hang out and party, and so you just like you know, and and in that time where, I, I guess I was the end of that era where you you still carried around your paper invoice book and you'd get cash for a gig. So I remember when I first was living out of home, I had like an old Cafe Blend forty three jar full of cash, and that's how I'd I'd pay my rent, you know, and my bills, and I'd like oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, here we go, let's go, and that's and that's how you'd live, and then people were like oh yeah, sorry, man, this has to go into an account. And I was like, oh, what? I need an ABN. What?
2: Mm. You know, so. Uh, well, that's why I always had an accountant and had because yeah, I didn't definitely. want to deal with that shit. It was too much. I still would know, have no idea how to fill out a tax report. And, and,
3: that's, and that's, I mean, I came, I guess it was because I was like, I yeah, moved out 16, 17, was doing gigs from about 13, Um. And then was just getting enough money that I'd stop working a real job at 15, 16. So then there was no super. No one was doing tax and I was getting cash gigs in Canberra all the time. And then because I was young and hungry, people would be like, hey, man, we'll give you um, a yeah, hundred bucks to do this three-set gig. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it.
7: All right. Yeah, I would spend a hundred
3: bucks. So I was probably working for way less. Having the best time because I'm getting given a hundred bucks cash and I'm like not yeah. even old enough to drink yet, and people are signing me into bars going, "We'll look after him, we'll make sure he's a good boy," um, and uh, and then I moved to Sydney and and it just got to this point where like when I started doing bigger gigs, where it just like all kind of comes down on you like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 where's mm. your tax? We need your tax." I was like, "Oh no!" And so mm. it really took me probably 3 or 4 years to get my financial side stuff sorted and I was lucky cuz a lot of a lot of people when you get stung by that stuff it you're gone like you and that that's a piece of advice for people nowadays is don't be like Ben and <laughs> uh, like it was great while well, you know like it was great until it caught up with you and then it's really bad you know and I know a lot of my mates have been in that same boat where you know, it'll just it can get really, really rough. Um, like, uh, like ba- I know people have gone through bankruptcy and stuff like that, and they so they can't like basically their career gets like stopped because you're like, oh, I'm bankrupt, and people are like, oh, 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 I just, ooh, oh, okay, you know. So,
2: look, I, I, I had to butt in again. I think it's really simple. It's. And I do clinics on this stuff. And the the clinic that I do is called "How to Make a Better Than Good Living as a Musician," <laughs> right? Because that's what I've done. I've been really fortunate, but it's it's really simple. And the first thing that I I come up with is be presentable, look decent. I mean, it's 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 something we kind of yeah. Well, I mean, but you know, like that's fashion. Whatever works. I mean, you wouldn't do that at a at a, at a wedding, right? But you wouldn't wear a suit at a at the boat shed
4: well maybe you would
2: so so the thing is dress appropriately be on time make sure your gear works on the amount of times you roll up to a gig and the bass player's amp doesn't work or you know all that sort of shit you want to be i've got two amplifiers in my car at any time i've got i always take at least two guitars so you do all you get those things and that's from doing sessions galore my guitar was always my car was always filled with guitars it's it's true the the day
3: I always remember like it's that two guitar thing or I remember doing a gig at Lazottes in Kincumber and I was like, had the two acoustics and I was like, oh, we're just doing the support. I won't need the other acoustic. And at, at Lizotte's it was like a bit of a slog down to where the car park was. And we were like three songs in of like eight songs Bang. and two strings break in one moment. Uh-huh. And it's just me and Mahalia, and I, was, I looked at her and she just looked at me like, you idiot. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I just had to run down to the car. And she's like, yeah, so is everyone having a nice night tonight? Oh, yeah, it's great. You know, it's wonderful. Like,
2: yeah, but you get caught out once you don't ever want to go through it totally, again. Totally,
3: totally. And that was that one time. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, no, no, never again. All the time I uh, did a gig with Darren Percival. He's like, yeah, we all going to wear suits. And I was hungover from partying hard the night before. And I grabbed this suit. And I was like, yeah, well, this will do whatever. And I'm like, what's the gig for? And he goes, Oh, it's a fashion awards. So and I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And we get there, and I've got two different colored pinstripe top and bottom like, fully mismatched. And I was like, oh, I look like such a tool bag right now. That
2: was embarrassing too. You know, the other thing is like is I, I have a rule that the band most of the band don't stick to anyway, but I've I've said it, they all know it, and that is no alcohol before you go on stage. If you want to drink take a drink on stage, go for your life, but let's all be on the same <laughs> level as we are when yeah. we first start. And you know what's really interesting? One, one day
3: you'll do that, Dan.
2: And I think that came from once when I was playing with Dragon. We were supporting um, uh, Elton John at the Commonwealth Stadium in New Zealand, Commonwealth Games Stadium, 60, 80,000 people, and we're supporting and, it's, you know, we've been there for an hour Hey, um, tour manager, there's no beer in the fridge. Oh, yeah, but there's vodka. I don't drink vodka. Just have some vodka. No, get me some beer. All right, I'll go and get you some beer. And so it went on right up. Mate, there's no beer here. There's no beer here. Right up until minutes before we're getting on stage and there's still no beer in the fridge. And I, I said, fuck it. So, or the band had left and gone to go up the stage. I've gone, fuck it. I'll just get a vodka and lemonade. Got the vodka and lemonade. Filled it up. Got bang, straight on stage. And I've put it on my amplifier and it's gone clunk all over me and all over the guitar and all over the amplifier. And I've gone, "Fucking, where's the beer? <laughs> but, you know, I think I think from that and I think that, you know, like not being on the same wavelength before you go on stage, I reckon that's really important to be on the same wavelength. Yeah. And, and uh, it, although I ask the guys never to do it, they do it anyway. And Well, it's,
3: that, that's, that's the hidden evil of this industry, I guess, yeah. is the partying thing, which... Yeah. You know, I'm sure we've all pushed the boat out in our time. Um,
2: but then again, it's that professionalism. It's like you're being paid. Let's do a great job for the audience. They're paid their money. I so, yeah. oh, you know it's a fun and you want to party, but that's not what we're here for. Yeah, yeah and, and that's the thing. It's,
3: it's hard to, like, you can get caught up in the uh, in the party. Yeah. Of the, it's very it's very easy uh, yeah. to lose sight of the, the gig. Because that's what I mean. If you're ha- hanging out with mates and you're like, taste some success or whatever and yeah, come man come to this party because you're like the cool guitar player in this party. You're like, yeah, all right, you know. Um it's real hard, but it is something that you I definitely say that's a business thing to be mindful of because it's it's like you're saying, if you if you go real hard, get real sideways on a few gigs and word gets around. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's it's just Yeah. And, and it's you know, at the end of the day, it's probably less about business and more about just you don't wanna see your friends or people who you know are talented and you wanna do well. You don't wanna see them fail by virtue of something like that. So mm-hmm. it's like I always feel a bit of personal responsibility. If I see someone, I'm like, hey man, 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 just just cool, cool it out, just just chill, please. You know, like because you know, I've known so many incredible musicians who haven't gotten there because they just You know, partied and screwed up, and like, don't know. This guy is some amazing
2: musicians. Yeah, it's not just okay. Like, fuck, I've seen some amazing guys just go under because of it. Yeah,
3: Mm. and 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 that's business. You know what I mean? Because in this business, unfortunately, that's always there. That 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 side of it, like the party, the drugs, the booze, and
2: it's like the internet. Your dick pic will always come back to bite you.
1: How many jobs can you have a beer in your break? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or a beer while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, while you're doing uh, it. Yeah. I'm not there Friday afternoon with year eight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Kicking off. <laughs> That's See, that was much. a great thing yeah. about
3: uni. I was hanging out with the lecturers. I said, like, yeah, let's come back to the oh, dorm like, yeah. room and let's party. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: How funny is uni when kids are out of school? They get to uni that there's a bar here. Oh, oh. It's man. open at two PM?
3: Yeah, but see the thing is when you go to a music uni, it's like, yeah, the all the music staff are there before you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Dave Finicki Hey everyone.
0: <laughs> um, Dan, you got anything to add to that? Building a business?
8: No, I I think the only thing that I would add to it besides what's been already said um said already about rocking up on time and mm. you know, being a nice guy and all that. Um, which costs you nothing, and learning the parts, if it's an original gig especially. I, one thing that I, uh, well, I, I don't know if I do or if I don't, I like to be mindful of it, and I think I do do it, is, is I, because I've been juggling being on both sides of the world, I make a conscious effort to keep in touch as well, Like because I don't, I don't want to be the guy that goes, oh, I haven't, spoken to you for a year but i'm back can you get me some gigs mm. <laughs> or be mm. that guy where it's just like you know there's there's nothing there and, and plus what all the other guys are saying before like the guys you you, you get you're kind of there for a hang so you get the guys who you want to i guess um you i much you'd much rather put on the guitarist that would learn their parts and be a cool hang than some guys who's immensely talented but he's an asshole you know what i mean like, so I, I kind of purposefully try and keep in touch with um, people and I, and I genuinely like them anyway as friends and make sure you hang out with them outside of music. Like, I, I actually find joy in that. And, that, and once again, well, I know Ben and I have brought up Yanya, but that's the cool thing about Yanya as well. Like, he'll be down to have a have a hang at, at whatever time, you know, um, or whatever, and I think that's a part of um, – the kind of, I don't know if you'd label it, professionalism of it, but I, I think it's a massive part because, um, yeah, it, it does, you know, not that I'm in it for more gigs, but it does get you more gigs, but it also makes connections stronger and everything's pretty much run on connections and relationships, you know, but that's pretty much it. Good Plus everything that Pete said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey,
3: Pete, can I get the number of your... <laughs> All right, let's
0: talk about gear. Well, let's you talk about gear.
6: Um, I've got a lexicon and, um, <laughs> yeah, which one which one? Which Rockman. One. Man, yeah, no, all that old rap stuff. stuff is two, that with the with a switcher. I've um, still got that. I've still yeah, got one of those. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's like those old Korg S D oh is it S D? What's the what's the one? Oh, that, yeah, like, the the, the, the delays and the reverb. The delay like, yeah. man, that stuff is
6: You know when I first got that lexicon? You know how much it was? With the pedal board? Five grand, yeah, that'd be right. Yeah. And I, I sat People up planning about up buying for a... two days, programming it. There you go. Just sat there, just. Night, it was great stuff. Day. It was great fun. <laughs> that were
2: great things.
3: Just from excitement, you know. Anyway, yeah. Do you guys like? Because, because that's you know, like I guess. Uh, you, you're my age, right? You're younger. Than, oh, yes, yeah, young. The well, how old are you? How I'm old? 36. 34. Am I? Dan's how old? I'm 83, am I? I 83. 32. 32. And, gang, and how old are you,
2: Chris? 46. You could all be my children. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Well, in a way, we are. <laughs> Maybe you are. Come on. Yeah. Well, I'm That's 60 fun. next year. Yeah, I was fucking when I was fourteen, mate. <laughs> Don't edit that, whatever you do. No. Um, you can be my uncle. Baby.
3: Yeah, that's but, right. but you, that's something you, you guys—you guys have seen gear go from like what oh, man, you're talking yeah. about that that period, yeah—and and also, but then it it, it always kind of comes back to like you know like Dumbles or a martial plexi or. Well, like, how do you feel about it now that we're in the that's digital really emulation age? Because it's like it's like digital came, went, sort of came back, went a bit, and now it's like back, back with the whole, effects or like.
2: I've seen stuff. it all, and I've been through it all, and I'm I'm completely digital, and I have no desire to go back to tubes. It's it's you know I remember sitting at my studio once, going, all right, here's tape, and here's the same thing, some drums on tape, and here's drums off the computer and i remember going yeah okay yeah 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 i could hear the difference i thought if i'm going that much to try and hear the difference of something i'm wasting my energy and yeah. i tell you what i love the digital world and i love the axe effects it's my i haven't i'm never going back i'm in there so much now i love that world
3: yeah that's I, I feel like in terms of, I guess all of us, like we're sitting here in a room with an Oxbox. Um, it, it well, that's do- different. Well, that's different, but it's yeah, kind of half of it, isn't it? Like it's, so you're still it's, getting. Uh, you get the front end of the amp, but well, the back end is the emulation. Okay, the, so. Like that's because
6: I've got a the medium. Helix. I've got the Helix, right? Oh, yep. And they're all modeled amps. They've done the whole, you know, whatever they do scientific thing, <laughs> off an amp. You know, whereas the ox is really everyone. Everyone's got the marshal, their own marshal with there might be some other
3: the chips broken or the some other capacitor. Blah blah blah, which makes it really unique. Yeah, you know. And do you worry? That's what I mean. Do Do you guys worry that because we're going, it's it's like auto tune of guitar. You know, like. I know there's so much nuance in like axe effects and stuff like that, but it's like I always think as a producer, um, you'll hear top 40 songs that like we're talking about before, and and I always laugh because you'll hear a song. I can't, there's this one song that was on, and I was like, oh man, that's like the when you open Ableton and bring up the organ, that's the first patch. Yeah, it's like it's like when a Juno came out or yeah. a Prophet, and like they went they turned it on and went. And it would, Bzzz, that's it. Let's write a song. And so when you hear that song, you go, "Oh, that's patch one of a."
2: Well, I think that's you know that's the joy for me is is pulling it apart and getting the best out of it. And I spent fucking years trying to get the best out of out of the effects. and I've been uh, you know they gave me one eight years ago. Yeah. So they uh, they've kept giving me stuff, and and Andrew Farnham is just the absolute. Joy because he understands the machine, and I think with Ax Effects they are a little bit. You know, I I don't want to put anything down because they're all amazing, but Ax Effects are really beyond. Yeah, with what they yeah. come up with and what they do, their updates are incredible. The guy Cliff and what he what he does, he's a he's more than a boffin. He's a fucking. Well,
3: that's that's what scared me about it because it's like that's what I we we used on Jimmy's last tour as we were saying before, and it was just frighteningly. Yeah. Deep the detail you can get into, whereas I tried the hate the helix, the stomp, the floorboard one, and that was cool because I just basically pulled it out, plugged it in, which oh sick cool yeah. this is fun, yeah. and then and then I've played a Kemper as well, and that's kind of in between the two a bit, you know, but tonally I I preferred the axe, which is why we ended up using that on on the on the
2: road. I think the versatility and the the. um you know, create like I find myself waking up in the morning, going, "Oh, I could just compress the top end of that amp and get the bottom end, and then I, you know, I could put four amps on. And I could put, you know, you could come up with all it's these endless, ideas. Isn't it? It's yeah. just it's you come up with a creative idea and and you can select it live. Like my thing is like because I improvise a lot on gigs, I want to have things at my foot, and so I can do things like mm-hmm. change a cab. Yeah, you can suddenly be or playing put, through add fenders.
6: A, add, a, add some air to the cab. I or, think yeah. they've all got something off a That's right, yeah. Helix. Like, the Helix is like having literally pedals. At, like, yeah,
3: that's what I liked about it is like it's on you the floor here, Like, you can change
6: all your parameters. Well, it's like having a pedal board.
2: Yeah. Like, you just go. Yeah, that,
3: but,
2: but they're that. all like that. They're all like that. Yeah. you can. And the thing with the Axe FX now is you've got, uh, with the FC-12, is you've got, Ten buttons on board, and they do four, minimum four things, right? Each, so you can have, you can assign them to anything. Mm.
6: Yeah, but I mean, like, um, you could. Have you mucked around the helix? Yes, I have. It's great. Okay, yeah. I love it. Mark,
2: Mark's air. just there going, man. I just want
3: my fender in the face. Yeah.
6: <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm with Mark on that. Yeah, I, but, like, but that's, I still want the air. And
3: that's what yeah, I mean. Like I like I, I'm I'm torn because like we were saying at it. Bef- I think we weren't recording yet, but. Mm. On a big tour, you can't deny the ease of use of an Axe Effects, or when you're doing shows, it's all
6: convenient for that's, a work, yeah.
3: But but then when you go home, like it's that thing of like I still want a Germanium fuzz that's crapping out a bit and it's hot and so it sounds different. And you're like, Ooh, it's you so know
6: what? The pedals don't Helix axe Effects, whatever you want to call it, like any one of them, they're not the same as the pedal. They're just not. Oh, I see.
2: Hey, no. I That's like saying to me that, that recording on tape is no, different no, to computer. No, here we no, go, what, here we no, go. No, no, <laughs> no, What I mean...
6: Because I have no problems no. with it. No, no, I'm talking about the pedal side of it, not the amp side.
2: No, I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. You check out what Axe FX has going as far as all those pedals, man. Mm.
6: I, I have to
5: say, I went over to Petey's place and he showed me the rig. I'm analogue all the way, but the detail that Pete mm. pulled from all the sounds, man, I've...
6: You know, if, if he gave me that rig tomorrow, I'd be like... Yeah, I guess yep. we could all go
3: on.
2: And... Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. It's right. It's personal. It's a personal yeah. thing. We're I know arm wrestling. For me you can't
3: see, but we're all arm wrestling. <laughs> it right.
2: is, and it's a personal thing, and, and I get that. I think just as far as I'm concerned, I love it. Not I love my amp, because I've never really loved an amp. I've always been searching for the... Mm. Oh, I fucking love it. Mm. Like, I'm gone. Yeah, I so want not... to go home and jerk off over it at the moment because <laughs> it's just it's so good but gonna see that's the parameters that's, you
3: know, <laughs> <it's> gonna... <laughs> the parameter. well that's what I mean like I guess I was asking or you guys as guitar players like is there one piece of gear like from like if if there was one thing that you've played or have that the, when di- you the desert went, island rig well, is, no, what, the, is what Matt, uh, Matt yeah, said kind, yeah kind of that but just that one thing that you just always come back to and
2: is yours go, Dumble is that the answer no. Ooh.
5: I. It's funny because you said everyone's going deep. I, I like going deep. But the one piece of gear that I can't do without is the guitar. The rest is fine because yeah. you can make it work. Yeah. Whatever you go through, if, if it's your hands and your mind, it'll work through anything. Uh, you just got to spend the time finding what that sound is. But having said that, if I was to choose another piece of gear, it would be a Super Reverb 65.
3: That one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It's true about the guitar. It's it's, yeah, it's funny. It's, like I, I'll never forget we were recording Mahalia's first like full-length album and Diesel Mark was playing guitar and we did um, Purple Rain as like a bonus track on the end and Mark's a massive Prince fan. And it was just like it blew my mind because he was just getting mad like, oh, 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 oh this is terrible. Ah, you know, and I'm like, nothing you've done is terrible. Like this is amazing. You go, I just sound like me, (laughs) (laughs) and it it was, and it's, it's hilarious. But it's like, it's Mossy's the same. You hang out with those guys, and they pick up like your guitar, you know, or a nylon string classical that some they beat up a kid off the street and took, and they, and it sounds like them.
6: Yep,
3: and 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 that's that's the, uh, you know, I realized did Franco play on that album. No, that's pre-Franco. That's, oh, okay. that's all, uh, the very first one is was, all Mark. I was going to say the,
6: other, the next one with Franco is my guitar. Which guitar? Hey. Which one? It's the Relic uh, 96, oh. 1996 Olympic White Rosewood Neck. Oh,
3: is that yours? That's mine. Uh-huh. Oh, that's <laughs> one that has a little mango seat. That's a great guitar. Have you seen his new guitar? he has got a new, like the green one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's pretty
2: nice. You know, I realised many years ago that the reason why I kept buying guitars, and I've got about 90 guitars, is that I used to think if I tried something that felt really good, I thought, this is going to help me play better. This next one is going to be (laughs) the one. This is the one. Yeah.
6: That's like a gambler.
2: It is. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I'm totally addicted to it. But
5: Yeah, with, with that gear thing, what you just said, I've literally downsized everything. I have... A rosewood Strat, one. I've got a maple Strat, but I have two of them just in case the, the other one dies because it's getting a bit worn up. And that's it. That's like, it. I I just simplified. and got rid of everything. I do have a Les Paul as well and a three through five for sessions and the acoustics and stuff, but they just sit, they sit in my studio just in the
6: corner. The other thing is, which we spoke about before everyone got here, mm. remember we were talking about um, like the whole uh, not being – um sort of it's just a material thing like it's just a plank of wood yeah you so it's all in your head like it is, but I think whatever part, happens to it right you can get another one <laughs> but yeah, it. but,
5: this, but the beautiful part right? about that though is you kind of have to have a romantic relationship with that thing for it to work its best so even though you, you you're like yeah, attached, attached or
6: detached, there's still something going on there. But at the end of the day, but if that
5: dies, you just get another it's one. It's when it.
6: you're so caught up in it. Like that one thing that you're screwed. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's the get, prison. Gets get robbed and you'll know all right. about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's
2: true. You know, it's funny, my gem, my Ibanez gem, the floral gem, which has been my main guitar for, for decades, it was stolen it was it, it was lost once and stolen twice. And I've got it back each time. That's wow. amazing. Wow. So it's like it was meant to be, you know. Yeah, I, I've got I've got
3: a strat, like a it's this pink, shell pink, bitzer that I actually bought. It's funny, sorry, I Franco is my guitar guru guy, right? He like he'll just look up and go, "Hey, hey, Ben, man, um, I found a guitar." I'm like, "Man, I'm left hand." He's like, "Yeah, I was looking." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Franco." Great. <laughs> no, um, um, <laughs> but he's found all, like he's found me like three or four killer guitars like and so and he, he found this guitar and he goes it's it's pink but it's really it looks really cool Charles Celia set it up um it's a bit it's like a music. I'm like I don't know what you're saying I don't know anything about this stuff but it looks cool so I'll try it out and it was like 1200 bucks and I, I think it was down at down at Annandale he was teaching and something and I went down there and and I and I tried this guitar out and it was just I, you know, like you pick up a guitar and you go, "Yeah, all right, this is incredible." And I played this guitar and I was like, "Whoa, the strings are light, but it just there's something about it. It's just had Sir. So, um, I don't think they're the Fletcher Landau ones. I think it's just the straight V60s pickups in it and stuff like that for all the big nerds out there. Um, and uh, and it was so killer. And the guy's like, "Yeah, man, yeah." It's I. I'm like, "Man, why are you selling this guitar? It's it's unbelievable. I love it." And he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, well." I'm doing a cold chisel cover band and it's just it's just not right. And I'm like, oh, it's pretty right. It sounds pretty killer, <laughs> you know. Like, not wanting to say anything. He's like, yeah, no, 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 no. Trust me. Like, I, I need this and I want this and to be more like mossy and to do this. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. All right, I'll give you nine hundred bucks for it. Like, and I was like, okay. He's not. He wants to sell it, so I haggled him down from like twelve hundred or something, and I got this guitar. And and he's like, oh, so what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to the to play with Jimmy Barnes, and Mossy's um, going to come down. <laughs> and so, but that that guitar is like, I I don't care. But if that guitar went, I would be pretty pretty Devo. There's just something like I bought the same pickups, put them in a similar guitar just to have a B guitar, you know, kind of thing. Thing. And and oh, side. yeah. And it's just yeah. yeah there's just yeah. this. There's just something about this particular guitar. It's not perfect. Like has this weird thing where the E string will drop a tone and a half sometimes, which is really inappropriate at times um, when you're in the midst of a song. You know, like it's got gremlins that need to be fixed and stuff. But this, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like it's it doesn't matter how much it costs. No. Nah. At the end, like it, it might have been it's been through something with you, and then you just like you have such fond memories like of mm. that mm. single piece of gear. That's probably. The one thing that I, other than my children and my wife, that I'd take out of the house if there was a fire. Yeah. Oh, and my dog because I just bought a dog. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, Dan, what, what's what's your take on gear, man? Do you do you have a lot of gear? Do you take out much gear?
8: <laughs> man, you call me the wrong guy here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've bought, I love the look I on bought. your face. there. <laughs> yeah, it's the like rub- ah, the
0: rub of the eyes. <laughs> I'll, I'll,
8: I'll, I'll tell you this: I, I bought my first electric guitar in. 2004 um, and it was a US standard Stratocaster and I bought my second electric guitar about two years ago and it was a Tele and I own two electric guitars <laughs> and that's all I have. Mm-hmm. and That's I, the business.
3: That's the smart business guy yeah. right
8: there. And, and, and I would but it, I think I mean that, that comes down to nothing but financial reasons <laughs> but I would Probably um, always have like an orchestra model nylon a steel string. Like I play an OM Martin, which is kind of like I guess Tracy Chapman, Paul Simon, John Mayer Mm -hmm. Martin, and I really like that size um, rather than a jumbo or dreadnought. And I do love a nylon string, but between those four, like that's everything I want sorted. Like I. I think the telly to me is, is, is all I need. I mean apart from the whammy bar, which is why I love the strats. But what Mark was saying about, you know, your fingers creating the tones and everything, I've I've kind of in my head um worked a way where I could play the telly and make it believable that if I wanna go for like a you know, uh whether it's an arch toppy sound or like a twangy sound or whatever, and I, I find like to where I want to go, Vatelli to be all and end all for me if I had to choose one ultimate guitar. As far as rigs concerned I, I'm, I'm, I've I'm always only really played through one 12 inch speaker um, deluxe reverbs or hot rod deluxes so like that's probably all I've ever used because I'm just so used to it and I know how to make it hum, I know how to make it feed back to where I want it to go but um, I don't know Pedal rig, a tube screamer. You can't go past the tube screamer, but um, that's it for me, man. Quite, quite easy. And oh, January. Actually, I'd, I'd say the only technical thing that I would get, I I have to use eleven strings. I I, I find any heavier or any lighter, like eleven,
3: 11 to forty-eight,
8: right. or. Well, I'm currently using elixirs purely because of the long life thing, which they're eleven to forty-nine. But uh, I can't remember what other ones I was using, the Deodayas or or Ernie Balls or whatever. But 11 to 49, I've been using for the last at least seven years. Yeah, I'm
3: like 11 to 52 is like the sweet spot for me. Yeah.
8: Is that what B.B. King was using?
3: Sure. (laughs)
4: <laughs>
3: no, I, but, I I was a hero. I was one of those dudes where because I love Stevie, so I was like, "Look, 13s is ridiculous, so I'm going to try 12s." Bro, I tried that
8: too, man. And I, and
3: like, it's like a fence paling, man. You could like garrot somebody, at, like you, like James, Bond. like you can't even bend the G string when you have the 12s on yeah. there. It's like a 56 or something. It's outrageous. And I
8: went the opposite side too. Like I tried, I tried the 10s because I heard. I had tried tens and nines for the Clapton and Prince for using tens and nines, and I just it just messed with me. Like 11s were perfect to me. I I could I could bend and and like it still made me work a little bit, but it was enough to not kind of get it super out of tune. Like when I was trying to be Hendrix with the whammy bar. But um, yeah, that's the only thing I'd be super picky on. 1253 on acoustic, 11 to 49 on electric.
5: Just, yeah. <laughs> just on those string things, I think for a lot of guitarists, there's a lot of myth around strings and tone and all that stuff. And someone said to me a long time ago, if you can't pull tone from tens or nines, don't well, don't play guitar. Well, did, uh, I, I use elevens, John, but Johny used like yeah eights, right? Yeah, I mean it, it's it's yeah. in your fingers. It's not in well, to action. Externals. It's the action. Yeah, and that's where your personal preference of how so it feels comes in. Light strings, higher
6: action. Yeah,
5: it's interesting.
6: Yeah.
2: Yeah, All right. I, I I think as I, I get older yeah. my action gets higher. Yeah. Yeah, it's, mine's pretty it's really right. interesting. Like it used to be, you know.
5: Mine's high too. <laughs> so
0: what so being a drummer. Yeah, here we
3: go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> explain to me why why is that the case?
3: The gauge.
0: Well, why with a with, with the a, action? Yeah, why why would you have a higher action with a smaller the gauge? Tighter string. with a
6: heavy heavier gauge. So right. with with a looser gauge you get
2: more vibration like that, and okay. I can probably hit the frets. It like and vibrate the frets. Okay, gotcha. Cool. That's
3: still uh, my drummer yeah, friends. Yeah, I it. mean, it's, uh, you know, it's I have. like springs
2: on a snare, I guess, you know, if you have it too Yeah, tight, similar. Too and, uh, See, I have I have nines, nine to 42s on my whammy, like uh, locking whammy, like gems, i mean it and I put tens on everything else. And uh, the nines on, on the gems and stuff work perfectly for me, you know, because it's.
3: And what does um I, I should, do you do like I remember talking with Joe Bonamassa and he was saying that there's two specific gauges that he uses on like say strats and Les Pauls. Yeah, I think he uses like a lighter get like a no maybe maybe it's like a ten. Les Pauls are heavier. Yeah, tens on the strat and elevens on the Les Paul because it's a shorter yeah, scale sure length. Right. And he said that's just perfect. Like he goes that feel But you know you know yeah. the thing
6: about him, he I don't think he's got high action. Got, no, it's no. not
3: crazy high. But, yeah, it's not it, like it's crazy low-ish. low. Yeah.
6: And the other thing is I remember reading an interview where he um he doesn't wear frets. So he's he's not a he doesn't grip really hard. No, no. You know? Look at
3: that poor bloody guitar.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a that's a technique thing too. Yeah. Oh fuck, my technique's yeah, fast man. I I like I go through strings every every gig. I'll change strings. Mm-hmm. And I, I will easily go through two to four picks, a song, and you've seen the picks that I use. Yep. They're massive, mm. and it's just I've, I do and, that, and but it's because I drop them. And I bend. <laughs> I bend sometimes, just bend so far out of tune. Are they one point five? One point five. But I'll easily go through two two of those a, oh, wow. a song a song. Do you, have Fuck.
5: you refretted your guitars? Like, do you have to refret them
6: or not? Uh, my cream strat's been about four. It's probably coming up fifth. How's the neck on it? It's I'm going stainless steel. Yes, oh. because I don't want to lose that guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Well, that's like uh, yeah, Dan- a Danny, Danny Spencer, incredible guitarist, has this beautiful uh, Daphne. Oh, is it Daphne or Sonic yeah, I know Blue? The guitar. Yeah, that one. And he's just taking the neck off because he's. It's like he's killed it. the 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 Fret boards board. worn down to the point where they're like. Wah.
6: That's a rosewood board too. Yeah, one. that's
3: yeah. a slab board, I think, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That strat just there. I've done five refrets and
5: I went through stainless steel within a year. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that's, that's it. Like that's that's the luthier's like that's going to be the last refret. So <laughs> that
3: is my pride and joy. It's just such a shame what is this? It? It's going to be a killer fretless guitar, though. I think.
5: What is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's a new 2009, thing. Two thousand and nine, fifty six relic. Or, yeah, it wasn't relic.
2: I, I've just. Oh, wasn't that's okay. all me. But it's custom shop. Custom shop. Yeah. Custom shop. Yeah. yeah. I've got one of these with little frets. I'm trying to sell it. There you go. Man, this is a really, like a great sell. Like, relic, <laughs> relic heavy relic. Looks like that.
3: I've got I've got Check a Martin. No,
2: no. And it's got the V sort of neck. Oh, yeah, that v yeah, yeah, yeah. is beautiful. It's a beautiful sounding guitar, but I just can't play it and I don't want to edit it. I don't wanna I wanna sell it as it is. Okay.
3: What's the, the uh why am I asking questions?
4: I'm no, please. Asking,
3: I'm just there's lots of guitarists here so I'm asking. Um, pedal hype for one like because there's so many like you know how now there's you know obviously there's the the clone Centaur hype and all that stuff and then so many it's, pedals is like a world industry now but then also like the whole custom shop relic guitar thing like would you guys rather just get a guitar built by say Frank Grabisa or Charles Celia or Jeff Marley or something like that or go the Fender... Like, you know what I mean? Do you think, like, Fender and Gibson have lost some of the prestige of what they are versus, like, guys Fender. that... I don't think
2: Fender have. No, not Fender. No way. You don't think so? <laughs> no, I mean in the yeah, sense Fender's of, like, you, like you, you pro- would
3: you go and buy, like, an American Standard Strat or would you get a Nash or would you no, get... No, I'd buy a Fender.
2: I'd buy Fender yeah. yeah. I really like the... Um, I really like the... the um, Custom shops and the relics because oh, they, yeah. they so spend time on them. It's though. great wood. The necks always feel great. The pickups are I think it's kind of they spend a little bit more time on those things, yeah. be, belting them up. And the beauty about it is if you scratch it or you, you drag it along the ground, it's still worth the same amount.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's something that they do to the necks that I don't think I've felt in anyone else's necks on the market. just that roll-off. Yeah. It's just Fender and they just have it bang on. Again – If there's a really good Nash on the wall and you play it, and it's freaking amazing, and it feels good, great.
3: So many more other options of a strat. You you know, you know. For
6: me, some of the boutique stuff feels really clinical. Like
3: Sirs, you mean? Like like those? Uh, They're
6: just like so nice, and and I feel like I can't bash it, and yeah. That's
3: like I don't know what it is. That's the I wonder if it's these are so expressive. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Chris… Sorry, no, oh, no, no. I just was saying, yeah,
1: yeah, man. Are <laughs> life, Chris. You were um, you mentioned your guitar, and Mark was asking about the refrets. Do you want to explain to the nice people at home what your strat is? Because I know we've talked oh, about it. Uh,
6: it's an eighty. It's it's not your typical sort nah, of. It's, it's a hard you know, tail, it? yeah, it's a hard hardtail, but it's an eighty-three. What a great year. and and the way it came. Yeah, it is an awesome year. Eighty-three. <laughs> Like me. you September, 19th. Okay. Oh, that's why. Yes. All right. <laughs> Not because of Van Halen really sort of great, releasing well, that 1984. You could still <laughs> be my child.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was a very good uh, year.
6: That particular Strat came out, it was weird. Like, it, it had uh, the input on the, the um, uh, on the scratch, was, plate. scratch plate. I think it was yeah.
1: the Dan Smith era, I think.
6: Yeah. Scratch plate. Yeah. With the input going straight out. Exactly. Look, it looks stupid, you know, mm. but um, the neck felt great, and uh, and it had a mod that input was changed, so it's underneath uh, the bottom part of the body. Yeah, yeah. and that's it. And, it, I, know, that and I just souped collar? it up to my thing. All single coil. It was singles at the time now,
1: and I made it. Dug a hole in. Hss. Yeah. And yeah. you were doing stuff with Fender today. Yes. Last night, yeah. And tomorrow, yeah. And tomorrow, John, to tell us about that.
6: Um, I'm just demoing the latest series, um, it's... Oh, the American Ultra ones? Yes, yeah. the Ultra. Are they good? They look good. Yeah, they're like sort of up against this, this, uh, sort of okay. Line. So they're the top end before you go custom shop.
3: Yeah, because I've yeah. seen all the, the demos, like Kirk Fletcher, who's yeah? a friend of mine, who's demoing it, who's like, speaking of funky rhythm players, he's yeah, a really man. amazing yeah. funky rhythm player. Yeah. Um... And Ariel Posen, who's another great guitar player. Oh, yes, um and uh, and Justice West. I don't know if you guys Are they have all heard of using that? ultras? Yeah, well they're in the ads. Cause okay. I've seen because I follow them all on Instagram. I know Ariel and I know Kirk, but and Corey Wong, who's another great funk player. Um but um yeah, they're they're really pulling out all the stops. Mm. So I was like, are these good? And then mm. I get to ask someone who's played them. Are they really good? Yeah, they're quality. Yeah. yeah. One oh, more, they, the traditional sort of. Yeah, because that's I mean they've got like push button, yeah. splits and all that yeah. kind of crazy yeah. stuff. Down you there. But good. they, you know. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got a I've got a bass that had the push button and I took it to Piers Crocker and said, "Hey man, um, can you just take all this stuff out straight away? Thanks, man."
2: So, like, Actually, what <laughs> you should
6: try out is the Fender Tone Master. Oh, Team the lightweight, no tubes. tubes. Have you yeah. seen it? Yeah. Yes. Have you tried it? No,
2: I haven't. Oh, you like it? It's a it's a it's a transistor. App. Yeah. yeah.
6: It's got
2: the, it's got IRs in it. Um, I've already got that. I anymore. know you got the XFX. <laughs> I've got that. But you billion You like the technology? Right? He's just it's not awesome. Yeah, I know. It look, it sounds like it's a great idea, but I, I'd still be frustrated. I want. Every, I've always wanted a Marshall, a Vox, and a Fender amplifier on stage, and now I've got it. At least as close as I'm ever going to get to having all those things. But yeah, I know they look yeah, great. No, they sound they're they're great, awesome. and they're really light. Yeah, so it's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah.
6: it's a. Freak out. Yeah. Oh, I have to
2: try one. And they've done
6: really Fender. well with the IRs. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Does everybody have a studio at home?
6: Yes, I do. you got a studio yeah. at home?
2: You've got a studio here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, nearly. <laughs> yeah, right. Dan? Yeah, man.
8: Yeah. I love little homes. Yeah. affordable ones, too. Yeah. Probably.
3: What's your favorite pedal of all time? <laughs> I'm just asking a question. no, good, good, good <laughs>
8: questions. Good
3: <laughs> question. I'm asking. This is a deep question. I like your All time volume. Ooh, hey, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. All right. Well, no, I just. It'll always be there. Yeah. Yeah. Everything
6: else changes. Current It'll or past
3: favorite pedal. Wow.
5: I, I endorse a company called Para Analog Devices, and I actually made a pedal with them that's been really successful. But it's just a beast, a boost pedal. It's called a vintage tone booster, and it's just. It's amazing. Like it literally makes the amps that I have sound like my '64 Oh, yeah. I like, could just go, but it's really musical. That's it. Dan,
8: uh, we're all cheaper. getting one of those cheap screamers. Yeah, cheap <laughs> screamer. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, I, I'm a big fan of these. I bought a, a secondhand full tone, full drive, the Mosfet edition, the red oh, one. Yeah. Oh. And I can't put the thing down. I bought it by accident off a a mate of mine and um I love it. And it, I I did the bulk of my gigs even sometimes with just that where it's set as a, a boost and uh, um just a overdrive, or you can get overdrive and just uh like a, I guess a compression sustain the thing. But yeah, man, I think that is my favourite drive. That I've used anyway, but yeah, screamer. Supposed so to been be a drive different. pedal?
6: Well, no, no.
3: Any no. any pedal? It can be that lexicon that you're selling.
8: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I reckon the boss, the boss DD20, is the best delay pedal.
3: Oh yeah, that's a yeah, classic. Cool. That's, yeah. That is a classic.
6: Why? Because it's easy to use. You can change the uh, screen to be either beats per minute or milliseconds. Mm. Um. The tap tempo, the the sweet Boss have got the best switches. Right, that square block.
2: Yeah, yeah.
6: So when you are tap tempoing, you're not missing.
2: Yeah, you
6: know, with other ones, you like sort of oh shit, yeah. it's just not to- in time. Yeah,
2: you know? I love the idea of the um like uh, barefoot buttons and things. That's such oh, a yeah, great yeah, idea. Yeah. You know, but they've got all those yeah. things. Sorry,
0: what's a barefoot button?
2: Well, it's a button that goes on top of your. Yeah. It's a button, button for your button. It's a bigger button. Oh, and well. they come in different sizes, and they come wider rather it gives you than more your little surface rather to than sort of that step on so that's a guitar
6: that's a guitarist thing clearly yeah,
3: yeah it's just yeah. a it's
2: a button thing
6: try them on a bass drum pedal <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like,
3: it's like putting a really big shoe on you <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's the picture i had in my head yeah, that. pretty, <laughs> that's pretty much it <laughs> right yeah dd20 it. so not not a classic old like what's there the dd uh three was that the,
2: the, the oh we the, got one set? of them but yeah, yeah.
6: now the dd20 it's take the it future. to any gig
2: yeah yeah i have to look them up. Matt, I don't know which one it is. Your yeah. favorite
1: pedal. It. What's your favourite pedal? Um, I had a DD20, loved it. It mm. turned me into a delay snob because instead of just having it's one delay. Are stra- you on the Strymon? Nah, I'm using, um, I've got a Boss MS3 switcher. Oh, yeah. Um, but best favourite pedal, um, MI Crunchbox, the new one, the newest okay. one, by Michael Ibrahim, here in Sydney, Sydney guy.
6: Killer. The
1: box, yeah. 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 But the new one, the, the old one I, I didn't get on with, but the new one's yeah. kind of cool. Um but I wish I knew about this years ago, but stacking drives, Are you guys into that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So running like just something with a big mid boost like a tube scream or a boss super overdrive into that. Super best yeah. thing ever. My old Robert Keeley
6: a... super overdrive mod. Oh the mod. Yeah. That is awesome. And the OD11 love pedal.
3: Hey, oh, hey, see the cot yeah. fifty. It, yeah. The cot hmm. fifty. I have oh, oh, love pedal I saw one over off, here. off, like with the with nothing on. Like you that turn that the, on the pedal on and just turn it down, yeah. so it's yeah. zero, and it just adds fur. That's that's tied with the January.
0: What did you say? Adds adds fur. Yeah,
3: You're just, just fur. To... It's just a little you
2: hairy. know what I'm gonna say, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's, it's really interesting. I, 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 and you can do all of this on the new Axe yeah, no, what, what amazes me is, a- I mean, from an obs- as an observer, observer of people that buy pedals and and I've always bought rack gear and I've had pedals and I've done all that, what amazes me is we've got people that spend $800 on a reverb and complain that the Axe effect is too grand. It, 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 if outs- they made the Axe effects look like the
3: reverb. But even if you do... <laughs>
2: Even if you just used it for reverbs and delays, you're winning. You know, it just amazes me that people go, ah, oh, it's too expensive. And like the people that complain about it, like yeah. it is like a bit of a. Yeah, it's hey. bizarre.
3: It's really. Well, because you, you don't use that because you want the imperfections. Like if you want a pedal or a reverb spring tank, you want it because it's going to go <laughs> when you stamp on it. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, I reckon, man, amps, freaking the, the reverb and a Fender
5: amp. That's it, right?
2: Where's the spring, it? yeah. I don't yeah. use that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is a ty- it's a sound. Yeah. I've, yeah, got, no, I've, I've got I love I've it. I've got
3: the separate tube spring um the oh, yeah. one where it's the just spring. a tube and 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 as a preamp is pretty killer. Right. Oh. Like um
2: you go into that and then into the amp. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: Cuz and so it's tube out in tube out and then more yeah. tube heaps of tubes.
1: And some people use it just for the preamp, hey. Yeah. Like turn a reverb.
3: I or I or... recorded a track where I went uh, into the spring tank, out, straight into a Neve, and just dimed the Neve so it had that full revolution. Yeah. And it was just – it's it's killer. It sounds really, really
1: good. That's awesome. That's kind of like yeah. the Echo Plex, hey? Because people – Yeah, do, yeah. Do they, the you just
3: drive the – Like when I was talking about the Echo Fix one mm. at the beginning, you just – And that's thing. You can do all that stuff on the XFX, like if you want to. It's just – I think it's more comes down to the tactile nature. of Like if you're someone that prefers to have like a heavy metal pedal, stick it in the ground and love doing that and going, oh, it's not quite right. But, you you know,
2: know. I mean, I know it's a sound. It's a thing when you plug, you know, you you go into pedals and then you you hit an amplifier. But see, that's all well and good if you're a clean amplifier sound and you use Mm. distortions. But if you're, I mean, I've never liked the sound of, pedal distortions and I've always gone for amplifier Just driving the especially amp. in the studio like you know it, it, I've always had amplifiers as distortions so and it always amazes me why people spend 800 on a reverb and then plug it into a preamp and go through an amplifier and then into a, a, a guitar speaker reverb, you're saying. Yeah. all you're doing is distorting and coloring a, a reverb reverb is something that to like I like of course I've worked in yeah. studio all my life I like that sound of do whatever you need to do, mic it up, and then put your stuff on.
3: Yeah, like post, reverb post. Yeah. Well, and I guess then you get into the whole effects loop thing,
2: like if you put your delays and reverbs. Well, you know, the other the thing reason. is a delay will, will 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 react differently if you put it into a, a, an amplifier. Because, yeah. you know, you, your your tone of a delay is determined on input, right? Yeah. Like anything. And so each delay is going to sound different. And now that's a sound. I get that, but it's not like you can do that digitally if you want that. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, it's it, it's
6: when I'm talking about pedals, I'm not speaking about an overdriven amp. i
2: yeah, you go, you got clean amp, amp right? Yeah, yeah. I'm
3: the, I'm the same. Like yeah. I, that's yeah. why I got the yeah. Sir SL68, and that's just volume for days. So it just is like a wall of clean fatness. Yeah. I've got like a high watt four twelve cab with four hundred watt speakers in it and it's just clean. Then, I've, then I used to have like the Cot 50, a Timmy and a Jan Ray and maybe a Fuzz and I would progressively stack mm. the more
1: I couldn't hear on stage. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you a question, Pete, um, for the XFX things? I'm, I'm all for the, the options and things but when, when you're on a gig and especially if you go from amp to amp, um, like, what's the tweakability like? Are you in a different room? Because I know you test all your sounds in a studio. You don't just do
2: it at home. You no. you play them loud. But when you're on the gig, how well, do you? I've got to the stage now where I know what my speakers sound like, so I can I can actually. At first, I didn't. I couldn't do this. I couldn't go write sounds in the studio and then take them live. But now I know how to do that. Okay. So I've I've got that down. So I can take my rig upstairs and no no monitor and I'm fine. I think that you know I have banks and banks of stuff so I have uh, I mean I' found the ultimate speaker uh, IR so I use that on everything yeah. and I occasionally add things that I, I I like like a 112 or something I never use a quad quad because when you're modeling a quad and then they're, 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 they've got microphones everywhere and they, they're they're modeling bottom end of a quad like back and front and and, yeah. and then you put that through a monitor that has its own bottom end, You're just screwing with bottom end and you're just doubling up on bottom end. So that's why I think a smaller speaker works better, sounds tighter. But I have have so many patches and within each one of those patches, I can turn on four overdrives, eight overdrives within each patch. So I can go, well, for this sound, I want that clean sound, not that clean sound. And that's all, like I can hit that button four times and it'll do a different thing. Mm -hmm. And then I can go to a... So I've got everything... Like as I say, I want it so I can improvise on the spot. I want it set up like pedals, but I also want to have amplifiers switched. So I'm, i as complex. Yeah. But it's, but it's that's what I've always wanted. I want versatility at all times.
3: And that, that's the only thing I think that's stopping it, isn't it? Is that initial getting over the hump of yeah,
2: that's it. understanding. Most that people it's buy like a giant them, computer. plug them in, and, and go, oh, what? that's a good sound, and then they get to the gig and go, oh, it sounds like shit, sounds like fuzz. Well, yeah. Sounds great in the studio, but which which is what I had. Like the initial thing, I was like, "This is frightening."
6: But then, then there's the other thing with these units. If you don't know about amps to start with,
2: that's it. You're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's it. And this is the problem that that I I get with people contacting me on the forums and all that sort of stuff is, they send me their patches and I go, "Man, you've you've shoved." The reverb in front—you've done all the things wrong, mm. and you don't know what an amplifier does, mm. and you, all your gain structure is wrong, and all that sort of. Once you, you know, luckily I've had a lot of experience with a lot of amplifiers, and I've had lots of amplifiers, so I know how they work. But most people don't, mm. and especially now that that everything's a, a software instrument or it's in a pedal, you mm. know.
3: Yeah, well, I I would make the joke with um on tour because this is the first time I've I've used that virtual guitar amp thing. And I'd always just laugh because I just look over at the keyboard players on their Nords and, <laughs> and go, wait a minute, <laughs> you guys have been doing this for a decade, <laughs> like, and it's true. Like when you think about all that, like those guys, they've been not playing. Re- yeah, they've been living that world, whether they like it or not.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. What else have you got there for us, Matt?
1: What else we got? Yeah. All right. Um, it's getting on. It is getting on. Uh, great gigs, horror story gigs.
3: I have a hilarious one. Oh, it's not really hilarious. Well, it's kind of funny. First time I ever played guitar for Jimmy, uh, it was in Mauritius. And and I'd played some bass and stuff like that. And he was like, hey, you can play guitar. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that, whatever. Yeah, would be cool. And anyway, so I'm like, yeah, sick, I'm going to play guitar for Jimmy in Mauritius. Great. Anyway, we fly over. I, I think I just, because I sold all my guitars... When I moved to Sydney so I could pay for rent and stuff, because I was getting bass gigs. So I was only playing bass. So I was like, shit, I just bought the like well, a jet bass player
2: first or a guitar player?
3: Guitarist first. So I so I grew up playing guitar from 12 to about 16, 17. And then my mate got into the con on guitar. So I said, Oh, I'll just play bass in this band we're playing. So I just took up bass. And then um oh. and then played bass ad nauseum till til then but yeah so playing guitar bought a japanese 50s telly you know those like just like a maple neck guy didn't have any pedals so i was like hunted around i found a rat and i was like sick all right i've got a proco rat and a, and a telly let's go and i'm like what amps have they got there and they're like oh they've got a Marshall. and i was like oh sick this would be a vibe then a telly with a rat and a marshal that'll be great for jimmy's gig anyway we fly over to mauritius and it's all great and then we finally get there and we go to the gig and it's a Marshall Valve state. Yeah. <laughs> like and not a big Marshall Valve state either like the little practice amp one and I was just like I'm going to die. I'm going to die. He's going to kill me.
2: It was well, like I had, I had a similar story of when when I first joined Dragon and it was late 80s and our first gig so we'd done two weeks or whatever it was of rehearsals and our first gig was the MTV um, special on Dragon. And all oh, our gear. I that. Yeah. I that. And all our gear was on a truck to Perth for our first gig. Let's do Perth because it's, you know, it's yeah, far yeah, away. Get it out of the way. So all our gear's on the truck. And I got a sponsorship that week for crate amplifiers. <laughs> Need I say anymore? <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: So we all Build got crate, crate amplifiers. amplifiers, you know. Um, Mike Kane said, Yeah, I'll try it out. Let's do it. It was fucking terrible. Mm. <laughs> I mean it was okay, we got through it, but it was not yeah, good, yeah. you know. And that was the first gig was the MTV oh. thing. I had a um incident
6: at the State Theatre with um Tina Arena. Opening like the show. Love it. So I start uh, you know, the song Burn. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I start. I do this little intro on the acoustic, and the guitar tech had given me the guitar, put it over, but the strap wasn't on properly. It was sort of bent. Yeah. So I get. I do this little lick just before Tina comes in, and the guitar drops, and I just caught it. (laughs) And she was up the front, and she felt something was not right. She turns around, and she just.
3: She's like, oh,
6: (laughs) shit happens.
3: Yeah, you're at the mercy of if your band leader is like a good sport at that moment, aren't you? Like, look at the movie, please don't make this worse. (laughs) Oh, she was
6: really cool, but (laughs) Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah, she's (laughs) a legend.
6: That was my shitty moment.
5: The only one I can remember that was a bit of a weird one was the first time I did a gig at the bridge and it was with Andre Kamen and Andre had been playing or singing for you for many years. What's
2: What's that on a Sunday afternoon when I wasn't there or something?
5: Uh, I don't know when it was with Black Diamond Heart. Oh, okay, yeah. And, man, I always used to come and watch you, like one of my biggest inspirations. And playing with Andre, is like, man, you get to play at the bridge. That's that's my home ground. That's my trading ground. I'm like, yeah, woo. All right, let's see. And everyone came to watch Andre because they've been watching you. And it was the first solo of a song and I let rip and let this big solo out. And this guy comes up and goes, hey, hey. And he goes, get the fuck off your stage, you pop star. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> so, I love it. There you go. There's my story. Love it. Yeah, the first time. <laughs> love it.
3: Yeah. I've, I'll never forget, Mahalia and I were doing supports for Jimmy. I think it was Yamba, maybe. And it used to happen all the time. <laughs> but… Like you know, it's Mahalia, and they know who she is and where all they're playing. And then the crowd's like, "Just fuck off, you cunt!" Like just going <laughs> off, like constantly. And we would get this all the time. And like, I, and I was new to to Jimmy's crowd. I was like, "Ooh, this is a bit frightening." Um, and I just and we used to get all. The time, and I just got to this point. Mahalia was pretty good. And then one of the days we were just all in a bad mood. And she was like, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to play K-San, Flame Trees and Working Class Man, and then he won't have to, so shut your fucking mouth. And then from then on, everybody loved us. Like, it was great. It was like the rite of passage, like, to like, you know, like, oh, she's
0: all right, we love her. Ah!
3: It was like, oh, man.
8: Crazy.
3: Mm. Audiences Audiences are wonderful. We love them. Yeah. <laughs> I've
6: been in that support, Jimmy Jimmy. <laughs> thing like it's years ago brutal, with Richie you know Richie Bez yeah 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 we had a band together it was Andre on vocals Fab on drums and we were supporting uh, Jimmy at Shell Harbour oh yeah and uh, we're going for a full on rock and roll band and there's just people at the at the front just sticking <laughs> their middle finger up at yeah and just... <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, like, it's a right of... Ha- it's a, like, and I swear, if you're not from Australia, you wouldn't understand. Yeah. Well, like, that's
2: why I, I always thought that the support band thing was a silly idea because you're never paid to go and see a support band. Yeah. You but if, if you but can, how's if, the mentality
6: it, of... The, it's like they're following a football team. Yeah, if you yeah. can win... Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah.
3: what I mean. We used to always think with crowds like that, if you can win them over, then uh, then you're doing all right. Yeah. Mm. Like, if you can... And, and that's, I think, a, a Aussie pub rock thing is, like, I think even if... Sometimes even if they're there to see you they're like that in Australia. And if you can win over a pub rock crowd and entertain them without them throwing beer bottles at you, which yeah. I've had ducked quite a few yeah. playing gigs in Canberra and Newcastle when I was younger.
2: Yeah.
3: Like um, Fannies. Yeah, Fanny Bay. Fannies up in Newcastle. Yeah.
2: Know <laughs> yeah. it well. Oh, Maitland. <laughs> Fannies.
3: Oh, mate. And that's what I mean. If you if you can if you can press the pub rock crowd in Australia as a guitarist, especially, you're doing all right.
0: You're yeah. doing all right. To be honest, the other questions apart from the working with the tech, you've basically answered in all your questions anyway. Uh, sorry, you've answered them in your answers. Yeah.
2: Um, there was something about. Um,
3: uh, um, I have to give a shout out to Hayden Vasallo. If we're talking about techs. Yeah, there was something about... Okay, I'll let, let me ask that question then, There was something you know, about... I'm just, just going to just say, we don't have to talk about him because okay. I don't want to, but I'm just... <laughs> he's, been like t- he's been my guitar tech for like 10 years. Full so, stop. Yeah, okay. pretty much. There was a question
2: Fair somebody it. asked about um, what we thought of James Muller and I think he's one of the fucking best guitar players on the planet. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that was coming. Amazing also, if we're talking, Steve Magnuson
3: is one of uh, an incredible Australian guitar player
2: who... I don't know him.
3: He incre- I saw a gig on. It's him and uh, Julian Wilson. It was like Melbourne, Melbourne guys, and oh, what's the bass player? Uh, but it was like Bill Frizzell kind of vibes, and it was just so killer. Like he's a really great guitar player in in that James Muller vein yep, of cool. jazz. And the
2: James other person Bell. I loved completely is Ray Beadle.
3: Oh yeah,
2: Fuck. yeah, that guy. God. Wow, what a joy. What a joy and a flow of consciousness that guy has. Mm. It's, it's it's humorous, it's tasty, it's beautiful. I love him.
5: Uh, I, I feel a bit uncomfortable singling out um, guitarists because everyone's good at their own thing in their own way. But there is one particular young guitarist that's coming up called Josh Meter who is mind-blowing. And so I, I, I find him to be... Um, Doing what James Muller sort of did when he was in Sydney before he moved to Adelaide, and I think this guy's very much going to fill that wow. gap and, and more. So he's one to watch for sure.
0: Okay. Well, we had I I put um put the call out again to the millions of podcast followers, and um took days to get through them all, but I <laughs> <laughs> managed to managed to that. cut it cut it down to five. <laughs>
3: Cut it down to five people. Yeah, there were no, six, quite, quite, so it took a lot of
0: work. No, actually, three of the, three of the questions from the same person.
3: <laughs> it's just one of us in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought that. No. Where do you get your I started from? up another yeah. profile on Facebook. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so the, uh, well, there's a couple of questions. they were on Instagram from… Um, uh,
3: it is totally in, one of those like in, Russian bots, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. N N T O A N I L yeah, yeah, Totally Intern yeah, internal. What is the future of live music and what sure. kind of opportunities or challenges do you see in the future? I can
2: answer this one. XFX. What? Three no. <laughs> <laughs> thirty naps.
5: I reckon that the future of live music is streaming. So I think there's going to be a lot of online concerts rather than going out live, and oh. I think that's one of the struggles that we're going to have to face in the in the next well, ten yeah. years.
3: Did you guys see the Coldplay? because we're all massive Coldplay fans here, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they, I don't they, know them. they don't. They're, they're not um, touring. They're not touring because they can't justify it, like oh, in shit. terms of the greenhouse gas. Wow. And, um, oh. and they did a huge live from Amman, Jordan, I think it was, like 360 cameras, did a full concert of the new album on YouTube. You could watch it live first before the album even came out. They did a full concert um, and it's just online. And they're like, yep, that's it. That's what
2: and that's, that's cool if you've got the money, man. Yeah. That's not yeah. where we're
3: Well, what? I was going to call them say, hey, look. <laughs> <laughs> it,
5: you know, I've, I've actually received um, emails from companies that are investing into the online thing and you know would you like to be one of the featured artists to do an online concert you know you get paid 500 bucks every time you do a show and people can tip and stuff oh geez. yeah but my answer is like no i don't want to be a part of that that's that if there's a younger generation that want to do that awesome but that's really strange for me and i think there is a, a great <coughs> market out there and for the future of all that stuff but I mean, we can pick and choose whether we want to be a part of it or not but i think it's you know, the the live music scene in Sydney has changed mm. a hell of a lot. Mm. And it's it's almost like people are going out in the hope to be entertained rather than going out for the art and the cultural side that is music. Mm. And it's just a really weird vibe sometimes. Mm. Like even at comedy shows, like I've heard some horror stories where comedians get up and, and do their skit and the people are sort of just sitting there going, uh, it's not entertaining me tonight, no. no. Wow. Maybe that's just the days of streaming and Netflix and instantaneous things. You yeah. see, we're saturated now. Yeah, we, we are completely
2: saturated with, with, yeah. with music. Yeah. I mean, like, who wants to go and see a fucking band? It's shitty, the beer's too expensive, you yeah, can't drive home. It's all those things. However, see, for me, my generation, it's really healthy mm. because the people that come to see my shows are gig fit. They've always gone to gigs. Now they're yeah. at the age where their children have grown up. Yeah. They're, they're not looking after them anymore, and they've got money. They're cashed up. Yeah. So for my generation, it's fantastic. It really is. Well,
3: and t- t- a weird thing, having just done this tour with Jimmy, um, it was it was actually really nice to notice. Uh, I guess I'm middle aged now, anyway. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes me a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, it was really really great to see. There was a lot of young people coming to the shows, which. Like, you know, you go, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's actually like I I feel like it's turning again because I think it's that thing of what happens generationally. People go, oh, yeah, I can watch it on Netflix and blah, blah, blah. But then they go, oh, no, I want to go out to a rock show and it just be sweaty and I lose my shirt and I don't know what happened to my shoe and, you know, like and have a good time. Like it it feels weird for us because it's not. For us, but for them they go. Let's do some old fashioned shit and go out to a rock and roll show. <laughs> well, it's well, interesting. It's like vinyl, vinyl's coming back. It's that same.
2: Well, thing. it's it's yeah. a niche market. It's always yeah. going to be a niche market. It's interesting because I was speaking to somebody about this only yesterday. Is that we we are all becoming a niche market. Uh, everything is a niche market. But the, the interesting thing about live music is that most kids that want to play live music want to play stuff that you and I grew up on. Because totally. there's nothing great. For a guitar player yep. to listen to these days, and and those guys have been influenced by the 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 classic rock play people, so the kids want to hear that what their parents grew up on, and so that's where that market yeah, comes. That's from. That's what I mean. It's like yeah. what
3: what their parents listen to is cool again. They're yeah. old enough that they're like
2: actually, yeah, and it is. It's got substance, you know. I listened to a Supertramp album the other day. I went,
3: "Fuck, this is amazing." Do Do you think that? Uh, what do you think of the state of popular music? today in terms of as a guitar player? I struggle with it pretty dire? Like,
6: are you talking about Kiss FM?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Kiss. Yeah, I mean Kiss. How do you feel about Kiss cancelling that? No. Um, No, I mean in the sense of like just generally like, like Um, obviously we were talking about some great guitar players at the beginning, but just into like, and you you talking about pop music today as a guitar player, you know, and Dan, like, you know, Is there a role for us or are we just kind of fit in there to do guitar solos like, you know, Betancourt and Rihanna's band kind of thing?
5: Most of my work is pop and it's playing with DJs and and doing dance music songs and sessions for dance artists and stuff like that. So there is a a market for it. It's very, very simplistic parts. It's a lot of skanks and and a lot of stuff that have roots in funk and uh, I suppose soul and a little bit of R&B. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, to tell you the truth, I think Pete's exactly right. It's a, it's an oversaturated market. So the music that's on the radio isn't, necessarily made with the intention to last decades. It's just to fill that gap that's, you know, a money-making thing that's there one day and gone the next so another one can go in its place and do all that stuff.
6: It's yeah, um, rubbish.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is, He said it. Yeah, he that's said great. It. Thanks, mate. We didn't have to. It's hey, ladies and gentlemen, that was Chris Canzellis that said yeah, that. I don't, Not I'll, us.
6: I'll stand by
2: it. <laughs> I'm with you. Look, yeah. as I say, try to listen to the the Spotify. Every now and again, I just go, do it, Peter, do it. Gonna, are you fucking a, kidding me? Hey, we're gonna do a just podcast put on with radio, Chris listening to top. Put 15. on radio <laughs> and, and this is what
6: it is. There's one It'll stupid be a video gimmick one that's going on throughout to catch the listener. There's ten tons of shit going on around it. Yeah. Like the, it could be a dog's bark, it could be fucking a cat meowing. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's really fucking a shark. Bad. I
3: love who let the dog yeah. baby shark.
5: I, I said this in one of the shit we, sandwich in my podcast before, <laughs> but there's the smells a glove. TV killed the radio star and I think now production has killed the songwriter. And I think that's a big thing yep. that's happened.
3: But then but then, there's like… No, there's uh, good stuff out yeah. there. Well, it's well, just like, not on the radio. Whether you like yeah. it or not yeah. though, but, but like… like yeah, but
2: radio's radio. so unimportant now, anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody, li- I've, I haven't listened to radio for decades. You, you
6: don't listen to Kyle Sandler? <laughs> <No. laughs>
2: if I listen to the radio, it's it's ABC. It's podcast right. taking a turn. Smooth. No, what, but what I do you think, think about like people like say Adele
3: cutting through all the you know and selling actual physical copies and everyone in the world buying a copy of that album? Whether you like it or not, because we're all playing it Which everywhere. Which one? Adele, like her. Oh, I love Adele. But, but that's what I mean. Like there's there's that's still all ten years those... old. Yeah, that's the current. No, not the latest current, album's really. only uh three years old, isn't it? But. but I think that's what
5: happens when songwriting matches the production.
3: And that's what I mean. It's it's just like yeah. it's still there. But it's it's just like it's rare when it just like comes through. But when it does, it's so big in the, and, and I just wonder if there's, like I, I feel like acoustic guitar still has a real relevant place in popular music. Hey,
6: but. you know you know another artist that kills me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna We're totally because I think she's
6: point. awesome. I think Sia is awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, but get her away from that David Goethe guy. whatever his name? Oh, Guetta. <laughs> get <laughs> yeah. get her away yeah. from that shit. Get out of there! Because you hear a really good song with a great vocal, and then it goes, it does that turn with the side chaining and all that bullshit. See, she is incredible singer. She is, yeah.
3: He's a incredible songwriter. I'm, too. I'm getting negative now. Okay, and then what do you think of this song by the Jonas Brothers? Oh. I love of- his guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> There's a horror gig
1: story right there. I think Chris is right though. There's so much good stuff if you just want to dig around and find it. I think – I know when I was growing up, probably for most of us, there was lots of great obvious guitar on the radio that got kids excited about great guitar playing. Mm. Um, I know as a teacher, like the stuff my kids listen to, there's not a lot of cool stuff and and the ones who are really into it will find it but there's not as much –
3: yeah as as a parent Mass coverage, it's so. it's weird like my my daughter is 10 and so growing up in a musical family as we're talking about she'll go and she'll put on like the Beatles or um Stevie Wonder like on vinyl she loves vinyl you know like and but so we go to like Sia on vinyl or um Lord she was obsessed with but then then she's obsessed with like Lil Nas X Old Town Road at the same time
2: you know, or... Um, he
3: <laughs> would tell me about this. <laughs> yeah,
2: and it's like... Well, see, this would be interesting because having children would expose you to them, some of that stuff. See, well, I'm not I've, exposed I've to it. I've
3: always made a point for me of listening to whatever is hip. You know what I mean? Like, because even if I hate it, I want to be able to say why I hate it. That's right. Yeah, Because yeah. I think that's, that's really important with music is... Because if you just go, I hate this. I'm like, I don't want to be my parents when they heard us play in a band and go... This music is terrible when you're getting a real job, you know. I, I you know, and, well, and I was that's saying, why
2: you know. I, you, getting back to what you're you saying is, I remember when I was a kid and I said to my mum, "I'm going to continue to listen to modern music." And that's why I still do the top top fifty. But as the years go by, I struggle and struggle and struggle to find anything
8: mm. of
2: anywhere near what I grew up
3: with. Yeah, but then there's things like that, and that's thing I find like like I don't like Billie Eilish. There's some. There's something about that that's kind of like cool. Like I'm like, yeah, oh, I, what? I, I like, why would you sing yeah. like this? I'm like, yeah. wow, that's really clever, yeah, you right. know, it, because it because it's that thing we're talking about. It's the polar opposite to everything that's happening. Instead of it, like, a, and like all the drops and stuff. It's like the, the
2: first thing I. Right and the you thing that listen I listen to it. is is uh, the, I don't know whether it's it, yes, it is me, but the first thing I listen to is does this person. Understand what they're doing they're singing that, yeah. do they do they understand the chords do they understand why mm. why are you singing that sh- that fourth over that that note well, over and, that chord and the thing that's, and hard that's is what the pisses me off because th- it goes you're not m- making music you're guessing it
3: well and then what is hard because we've all been in this world and like if you're making modern music is like popular is that nowadays a lot of what the singer sings to isn't what ends up on the radio yeah. so they're like at the mercy of the producer a lot yeah. nowadays
5: well, a lot of the session work I get, it's literally a top line that someone's put down at some stage and then someone else has gone, hey, I think I've got a beat that could match that. Why don't we put them together and send them to people to see what chords come back? And that's
2: the job description. It's, it's like, that's wow. it, dude. See, that's guessing. Yeah. It's that literally, it's like how,
5: how many different versions can you of this song can you make? I'm like, uh, okay, here's five.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, right. And then the best one
5: wins. It's literally, it's like, which one's going to appeal to a board of people that have no musical bone in their body, but have cash in their wallets and go, would I buy that? No, nah, gone. And that's, and added. it's we're over. At, we're at the mercy of people yeah. that are behind those, you know, jobs that pick and choose. It's not musicians.
2: It's, 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 I mean, I don't think it's changed that much. I think it's much the same as it's always been. <laughs> it's just like it's, there's
3: way more Bay City Rollers now. Though, yeah, that's right, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's way dumber.
2: It's dumber. Yeah. We've dumbed it down like we've saturated everything. Everything's saturated. You know, I look at um advertising music because I've, you know, I've done so much of it and, and I look at it and it's like it, now it's a, a popular song that gets put to a car ad. And mashed and, up. And what doesn't songs. work, and it doesn't work because I could I could say to you, do you know what song that is and what the what car it's selling? And you'll probably go, no.
6: Yeah. Dio, Holly Diver. See? <laughs> What's and the car? The only, I, I can't remember, See? but I'm such a Holy Dio driver. fan. <laughs> See? For me, it appealed to me. I was yeah. like, that's Dio. When do we hear Dio on TV? <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't shit. work. No, I, I well, agree. He bought, he bought the car. Chris I, I totally it. didn't get
3: why they did it. See, and um, you know, and now you I'm You know talking. why they did it? Why? Because
6: someone in that company
3: loves Dio. Yeah. That's or, it. Yeah. Or it was someone like me who loves a pun and they were like, holy driver.
2: Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and then it's That's like, it. you know, if you
3: look real close, there's like some like
2: Dio's driving with like a… Well, a lot um, of things don't work that we do yeah. now. A lot of things like, you know, you, you, you go searching for, what did I search for? Keyboards, for computer keyboards the other day. And now all I'm getting is keyboard ads, but I've already bought one. So none of it, none of it works. Mm. None of the system yeah. of advertising works. None of this, this whole system I works.
3: Tried. I try. I always talk about money, but I don't get offered money. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't watched
6: The Secret, have
3: you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just bought some money. Is my phone
0: on? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, Free money. Yes. Dan, what do you got to say about this? Far out! We're getting yeah.
3: a <laughs> <laughs> Now we're really oh, being guitarists. Yeah.
8: No, it's well. Before I used to think I was it, was. it was weird to kind of go. Oh, you know, music back in the day was this and that. But but I, I I don't. You play any of the old songs, they'll still hold their own. Whether you're in a club or a live thing, like everyone will still go bananas over rock with you or, you know, uh, uh, message in a bottle or something. So it's obviously a testament of how good and wholesome music was like and how much it kind of depreciated per decade. I still think that me personally, like sometimes it's easier to brush off a lot of things based on the mainstream music, which, it, which I think kind of valid too, because, I mean, Hendrix was a mainstream pop artist back in the day, wasn't he, and the Beatles and stuff, and it was still wholesome. But I think there's so much good stuff going on um, that isn't in the mainstream, Um, and I think there'll always be a world for, like, people to go see live music, and generally speaking, they're probably going to be, you know, uh, mid-30s and above. Like, although I went to that Kendrick Lamar concert, you know, I thought it was great to see young people out at a at a at a, a good a good artist. Um, yeah, Kendrick's concert. killer. Kendrick's great, and then like even even like some some pop music I don't mind. Like I don't mind Sean Mendez and um, you know I, I I love this artist her, her name's called her, h e R. Oh she's killer, yeah. Because uh, she plays every instrument, but I I, I think whether it's a system thing or the music world or just the radio world, what it, in mainstream wise, I'm talking about not indie grassroots stuff. But I think they need a major in still playing an instrument because like I have got there's a producer I won't name Sydney Cat, and he's like, man, take this, and I and I was like, this is ridiculous, this is great. Who play guitar? And he's like, oh, it's a sample pack. And like I'm like, man, it's it's just not the same. It's not it's not there's no authenticity of you know like I remember even when. Like what really got me into guitar was the whole Ben Harper, John Mayer, John Butler trio. Like that was my era where I guess even mainstream radio then, whether you saw them John Mayer, Your Body's Wonderland, still had guitar solos, still had Mm. live instrumentation and that's actually a really clever song, like lyricism as well.
2: Dan, I remember the days I remember the days we had saxophone solos. (laughs) (laughs)
8: Hey, they're back just in a nightclub. But, but I, 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 I think things do come back around. But I, I'd love to. I'd well. I'd love to hopefully see the day where you know, like people are going out to see live bands that are young. I mean, Gang of youths are killing it, and there's yeah. young people seeing them and stuff. But it, it's still like a, a minority compared to people who are just flogging off EDM, and, and no one really wants to hear that stuff, really, man. And it's not gonna. It's not going to bang in a club or a live bar in 20 years from now like, you know, um, Rock With You is or, you know, Never Too Much or something like that. But I don't know.
3: Yeah, it, I feel I feel like a, a, is there going to be cover bands doing David Goeta tunes is, in, 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 I hope not, at man. the sheaf in 20 20- years? As long as
6: they bring the USB stick, they're <laughs> fine.
8: I hope not. But...
2: but. <laughs> It's interesting. It's really interesting. I mean, it's 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 it's. I love where it's going. I, I love for me. It's fantastic. You know, I I love that I can create a gig and play with some great players and play what I like to play. And I I, I also have this thing about making sure the audience. Are part of the the involvement so that having that audience mentality and and knowing that the audience is nothing without the band is nothing without the audience and getting that loop flow thing going I think that's that's what brings audiences back and I think crazy. that you know uh, it it's, it's great in many ways for me it's my social event too you know just going out to a gig is yeah. such a social event and because I don't want to go out and see a band. I, don't, I I it's I know that I've seen it before. I maybe that is an age thing. I don't know. I don't like to think I'm old because because I'm not. But it, it's like uh, I've heard it I've heard it all
3: before. I, I tell you what I did I went and saw Roger Waters when he came to Australia. And that was one of the most potent like powerful gigs I've seen in my whole life. Yeah. And and he's 70 Yeah. something. Yeah. 74 maybe. Yeah. And that was like you know when like you 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 lose a bit of faith every now and then in music or whatever, and and you go and see a gig, whether it be say like someone like Kendrick who's just like virile and in the moment, you're like he's speaking to the youth. And and I went and saw Roger Waters, and I was just like, because I loved Pink Floyd as a kid, and just the show was incredible for one, but just how much intent he still had at that age, and I was like, oh man, I'm going to be I I can do it when I'm a hundred if he's like yeah, yeah he's angry about yeah. the world and yeah. do it, and you know it's like. Less often, but you still, as long as you still get that moment in yeah. your life from live music, which we can give to people as the musicians, yeah. and you just hope if you give that to one person, one kid, one anybody, then they're going to go home and their life will be better for it. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. probably the coolest thing in our job as guitarists. You know, I reckon. The,
2: I reckon the life seems quite healthy. I I don't think. I mean, I've seen venues open and close. And I've seen bands come and go. People say that there's, you know, there's no venues. There's fucking heaps of venues. I reckon the problem, there's two problems. And it's really, really simple. And it's that we have musicians that don't give a fuck and yeah. don't put on great shows and look like shit. We don't have any rock stars anymore. We don't have people that dress up with fucking stars on their eyes. or anything. There's none of that anymore. And I think the other thing is that venue operators don't have any idea. You, you can walk. In, I can walk into any venue and go. Well, yeah. why did you put the stage there? Why? Why don't you have the lights? Why are your drink so expen- what, you drinks so expensive? I can go, and you've got one person behind the bar, like, mm. and you've got ten people deep. Mm. What, don't you understand that if you put a couple of other guys, you know? It's so it's so simple to me, and and I see these venues closing. It's it's not the government or the the council or anybody closing it down. It's people with no fucking idea. So I reckon the live scene's healthy as all buggery. And as a matter of fact, you know, if I really wanted to, I could go out and do 10 gigs a week again like I used to in the 80s. Mm-hmm. i choose not to. But it's, it's fine. It's doing great. Kids, mm. <laughs> put a band together. Go and rehearse it up. Puts paint on your face. <laughs> Wear a cape. Three chords and the truth. That's all right.
3: Yeah, I can't wait for punk to really come back. <laughs> oh, man.
8: I was just in a bad brain today. Yeah. Refused. Loved it. I love Refused.
0: Might end it on this one. This is by far the best one. Favourite drummer. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, not favourite drummer, but this is by Richard Goldner. And what's your view on a great drummer to work with? (laughs) What is it about the drummer and their style that makes them great from a guitarist's point of view?
3: Um, well, I love an 808 because um, <laughs> 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 it never does a feel unless you tell it. Nah. Dr. Rhythm, uh,
2: yeah. boss Dr. Rhythm. I, I reckon it's really simple for me. I think it's really, really simple. Stay in time. Yeah. Yeah. The groove, if you know where the time is and you may stay in time, your groove will be there. But y- your groove is you. But uh, it's all too often... I'm pulling back, or I'm pushing forward to try and find. And I'm I'm not saying that I have great time, or I know where the tempo. But you know, I think that also when when part of learning a song is learning the tempo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like knowing where 120 is, not 121 or 122. Knowing where it is, that's you learn that. Like like you like you. You learn pitch. You know how our ears have become like we've almost got perfect pitch now that we have doing. We know what an e sounds like. So I think it's the same with a drummer. If you play with a drummer that you don't have to struggle with and somebody that understands tempo and time, somebody that can play on the metronome beat, in front of it and behind it.
6: I think it goes all around in The whole band. Like, yeah, the drummer's got to be good, but everyone's got to play... Like, everyone's got a different sort of feel, you know? So you've got to think about that when you're playing with a different drummer. Everyone's got their own sort of swing and, and you know, you can't be sort of going against them because yeah. you're staunch.
2: Do you know what I mean? Like, totally yeah, but too. I find that if I stay with them, I end up either going with them and slowing. I remember this great story. I know story. they're slowing down. Thinking. I know this great story <laughs> of this, this drummer. I won't mention his name, but they're playing at a gig And this keyboard player, he was a famous keyboard player, he said, I just got sick of fighting it all night. I just went with him. And eventually it slowed down. The drummer stopped and he said, what's happening, man? (laughs) It's that bad, and I feel like that's don't what play
6: I, with him again.
2: No, but that's what I feel like that could happen at any time with some some people. Yeah, I, 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 think, I
6: think
3: I think everyone's got a certain feel, and everyone's got to be sympathetic sort to of to that. Yeah, yeah. Like like I, I feel like like I play with Hibbard Dave Hibbard a lot, and I'm always in front of Dave. Dave's always behind me as a bass player. Um, but then if I play with say Warren Trout, I can lean back, in or whether I'm playing guitar or or bass, you know what I mean, and so. And it was, and it took me a while when I was young to learn that there's certain drummers that you go, oh, I love this guy because this guy, I can just lean way back and just like just be that guy that's like a bit stoned on the groove, and that's fun and that's like a vibe. But if I did that with with say like Hibbard, he'd go, oh, why is he behind me? Yeah, and then he'd slow down. Yeah, because yeah. he goes, no, no, yeah, that's, no, 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 I'm behind you. Yeah. And that's the thing. He in his yeah. mind, the drum is behind that I- instrument. And so, do you ever do you ever have that conversation? Uh, any, any of you? I, I actually, I I did years ago. I I played with because uh, I was working with Dave for the first few. I'd never really worked, and I was working with this guy Remy Rusan, and Remy would just. We were into voodoo. we were into D'Angelo, so like he would play, and I would try and be like you know five blocks south, <laughs> yeah you know and 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 so and then i started working with hibbard and i was like whoa what is this Our green our jackson kind of drum shit going on i'd never and i and it took me like three or four gigs and i got to this point and i was like oh man we keep slowing down he's like yeah but you keep going behind me and i was like yeah but that's what i do and he goes yeah yeah but that's i play behind you and I was like, "Oh, we can do that." And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay." So then I see
2: I'd struggle with that, man. Yeah, so I,
3: I, 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 I think, can't deal I with think that.
6: The, the drummer's the
3: driver. Yeah, yeah, but you know, then, but then stylistically, so, we it's it, so it's they sloppier.
6: Even if they're doing that, like they, they just should stay there. <laughs> yeah,
5: <laughs> stay
6: there. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I, I, I think you're right.
5: I think the the worst thing that a drummer can be is inconsistent and just yeah. unsure. I think when they're unsure of who's leading, what's going on, it's just the worst and that's where that fight is. If a drummer's there, it's like, this is it, this is what I'm going to be all night and here we are and there's the pocket, just like, thank and, you, God. And, you, know what and happens, you can all
6: play as a band. The other thing that happens yeah. is when you get paranoid about the drummer Ugh. doing that, like pulling back, you start starting songs... Compensating, yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so and you're always oh, like, quicker. I know. I'm going to start this quicker because he's going to uh, fucking bring, he's it gonna bring it back. Bring
2: it back. Nuts. Um, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel dirty. Yeah, me too. I'm just going to go and have a bath.
8: Then <laughs> I was I was playing with this drummer Stevie Taylor once. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Best experience of your life.
8: <laughs> no, I, no. Well, I. I definitely agree with Pete once again about timing. And, like, I mean, like, I grew up listening to hip hop, I guess, firstly, and that's still my go to. And a lot of that stuff, whether it's the, the Jay Diller stuff or earlier stuff, it, it just possibly an 8 bar, 12 bar, 16 bar loop on repeat. And, but it feels good for five minutes. And if a drummer can make that groove like Steve Jordan feel, you know, that good doing the same thing or minimal without chopping out, I think firstly it's a test and then the good timing, but it's just loaded with feel like I mean I can listen to Steve Jordan just play the, the most meat and potatoes groove and it sounds great. even like Declan Kelly, who I think is a phenomenal drummer. But um for my original stuff, I've been using this guy from Sydney named Tully Ryan and Oh, yeah, he's, he's a killing drummer. He, he's, it's, but, but what I love about him, especially for my stuff, is he's got such an identity on his playing. Um, like, he can easily do that obscure, you know, Chris Dave, like playing with different polyrhythms, which isn't really my cup of tea by any means. But um, he, it's a stylistic thing where he'll, like, be hitting different things and you where there's, like, a percussionist as well. And I really like him. Um, for my material. Um, but, but generally, if I'm just playing with a okay, drum on a cover gig or any other gig, if, if they can same time and make whatever they're doing, like in the verse, feel groovy as hell and feel even better the second verse when it comes around, I think it's great. And again, I reference like the Quest Loves and the Steve Jordan who are just so simple, but so just, just in it, which I guess when you're so solid, when it comes to doing like a little tasty uh, fill or uh, some some kind of different thing with dynamics or for a guitarist in a little tasty lick but he's held out for so long and just made it feel good it makes it extra special but um but yeah
2: yeah look we you know I remember many many years ago when I was a kid they we, we decided we just we found out that guitar was a rhythm instrument you know, and so we are totally connected to I think I'm the my my closest instrument on stage is the drums. Yeah. And if the drummer's not hearing me, and if I'm not grooving with the drummer, the, the gig's shit. It's mm. just, and I I'm, I don't mean it's all shit. I mean it's just it's not comfortable. And I'll come home and then have to play for another two hours by myself, <laughs> so that I can get some joy out of it. Isn't
6: it funny? Like you, you, you when you go away from a gig tired, something's wrong. Yeah. Mm. And. It, when you go away from a gig pumped.
2: Pumped. You want to go and do it again. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah.
6: it wasn't an effort. That's it. Yeah.
5: The, yeah. There's something about drummers in the hats. The hi-hats for yeah. me, that's where guitarists live. Like We live in the hats, I reckon. Ooh. So if if the hats are sloppy, nothing really works. She can have a metronome going on and kick and snare, but what happens in between on those hats dictates the groove. Ooh. That's what I reckon. So, yeah.
2: What do you reckon about that, Stevie, from a drummer's perspective? It's fucking
0: awesome. Like Hi, all of
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie's new band. Yes. Seven
2: guitars and a drummer. Yeah. I love it. It's a, speaking of that, Jim Kelly had a, uh, a gig called The Guitar Orchestra, and it was 10 guitar players. And it's one wow. stage in one of the songs, they had a pedal solo where everybody stopped playing and guys would just go. <laughs> I just turn pedals on and off for a whole solo. It was just fantastic.
0: That's really cool, Matt. Before I close it out, have you got anything you want to say, Ed?
5: I think we've covered a lot of stuff.
0: it yeah, has we been have. so
1: fun. It's been cool. Yeah.
5: Can I just say one thing? Sure. I'm. I'm. Re- no. Honestly, I'm. I'm really humbled to be amongst everyone here. I think there's some amazing talent and years of experience and wisdom in this yeah. room and and online. And, I, yeah, just want to say thank you for having me here yeah, today. Absolutely. Awesome.
2: It's been really, really, really good. Yeah. Great. Thank you.
5: Awesome. Thanks, Stevie. Thank you. No worries, guys. Thanks, Thanks
0: so
2: much. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time and agreeing to do
3: this. And, Chris, um, have you got anything else to say? No.
0: Quick, <laughs> 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 Chris, stop <Stavner. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'd... I, don't know what else to say. I'm just um yeah, privileged to have.
2: That was uh, to hang
0: out with you.
8: You know, it was cool. that
2: was nearly what, four hours. Nearly four Close hours. To four hours yeah. Marathon. Oh, yeah. no
8: mm. How are you going to edit that? Four-part
2: series. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's going to edit it like all my stuff into one podcast, all of Chris's <laughs> into. <laughs> one podcast <laughs> all of marks into one all
5: but the difference chris is going to be a 3 minute podcast <laughs> yeah. so i'll
2: be like no. 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 no no no
0: no no
5: all right guys thanks so much
0: and um well yeah hopefully we can do it again sometime
2: good on you thank you everybody right. thank you <laughs> good night thank you later boys <laughs> catch you
0: later <laughs>
7: It seems to me that you have other plans. You try to make me be some other man. Oh no. Oh, oh. Why should I change? I just don't understand. I won't go hiding my face in the sand. Oh no. Take me just for who I am, take a little bit of your own advice, you're talking at me and you're not thinking twice, the day will come where we'll pay the price, no.